Bachelor Life with Brent and Jeff. Anyway, that's all I got so far. It's a work in progress. Good evening. Welcome to the Altar Life. We're back. And we are so excited to begin another series as we continue on going through the epistles, the New Testament letters from Paul the Apostle, a.k.a. prison epistles. That's right. (laughs) And uh, we finished up a great series in Ephesians. It was 14 episodes long, and we're going to start another series. That's right. Another one. Philippians. It was so chock full that other previous series in, in Ephesians that it just didn't seem that long, Jeff. It, was, it really it did. flew by, and the word is just so good. Like, I don't know, like, Jeff and I go through this together, and um, I just see the fruit in my own life, and um, just being able to sit and have a Bible study yeah. <laughs> uh, and talk through this stuff. So we're hopeful that as you listen, um, you're able to be blessed as well and to, to be ministered by the Spirit, and also just some great music you know we um are blessed to have artists who are inspired and uh who write awesome songs to the lord and um we get to pick and play those awesome songs so it's it's a good time here on the altar life and we hope you stick around for this series coming up in in philippians um i don't know how to spell philippians i always try to make it two l's and one (laughs) e so every time i write that word i always get confused but it's it's fun to say philippians i have the same problem with broccoli (laughs) is it two c's and one l or one c and two l's you always you always have those words in the english language (laughs) that you just have a mental block on. yeah it's like like, (laughs) you just can't spell it you know it's always it's always backwards but uh, philippians is one of those words for me yeah but thankful that the mental block doesn't translate into the word of god because you know it's not about our mind it's about our hearts yeah (laughs) and uh tonight's episode we're going to be covering some familiar territory this is uh one of those verses that we hear a lot when you grow up in the church and people have it in their plaques and different things like that uh philippians 1 6 but tonight's episode is titled a work in progress and thankfully the one who's doing the work is not us it's jesus christ all right, that was just begun, and the altar life has just begun. Patrick Andrew was the artist. Yes, it's a good song. It is, and Patrick Andrew is in PFR, which means he's awesome. <laughs> Huge PFR fans, faux show. Sure. We are. <laughs> anyway, Philippians one, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ. You know, just right off the bat. I love, I love when Paul refers to himself as a servant because it's a complete humility here. And we had, a, we had an episode, just not the tangent, but we had an episode um, in Ephesians about mystery revealed, remember? And it was just how cool and awesome the mystery was. And Paul starts off with saying, I'm the least yeah. of any of all. I'm the least of people. Yeah. <laughs> just complete, put himself at the very bottom rung saying, I can't believe that I get to experience this amazingness of the Lord. And he starts off this epistle the same exact way. You know, we are bond servants of Jesus Christ. Um, we're not all that. <laughs> and obviously, as we're going to read, being in jail, these prison epistles, you know, he probably didn't feel like he was all that either, sitting in jail, you know, in chains. Um, but he's writing to the Philippians, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. He kicks it off with a little grace and peace. 
And grace is so important in our lives. You know, grace, all the things that God has given us at Christ's expense, things we don't deserve, he pours it on, he loves us. Um, and tonight, you know, before we continue, just just a challenge right off the bat, you know, you're saying, oh, who wants to be a slave to anybody? I want, I'm a free man. I want to be, <laughs> yeah. I want to be my own, my own uh, director of my own life, you know, and um, it's interesting because Paul had no problem saying he was a servant of Jesus Christ. And um, because you recognize that with that came grace, things that he did, amazing heavenly bl- blessings at Christ's expense and complete peace with God. Yeah, I mean, when you're a servant of Christ, he's the master, and he's the one that's going to take control of the situation. And that's kind of what we're talking about tonight as we go through, is that we don't want to have our hands in the mix. We want to rely on someone else to make all the crucial decisions, just like a servant would of the master, and we obey. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with taking that that position of the lowly place. Tonight we're talking about how... We're a work in progress, and God's the one who's going to do the work in us. And when God's in control, we can be brilliant. <laughs> Without God, we're just a bunch of idiots. <laughs> um, but Brent had left off in verse 2, the introduction of Philippians, which Paul is famous for. Uh, and he continues, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in, my, sorry, always in every prayer of mine, making request for all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul had just has such a heart for the people that he's ministering to his children, you know, his spiritual children, as he refers to them. And, you know, when we think about this idea of God doing a work in us, it sounds really good. And we're really familiar with it. The problem is, is that we don't live according to it most of the time. And I'm guilty of this is that I'm like, God, thanks for the original work that you started in me for saving me and the work you did on the cross. Now let me take the lead. <laughs> you know, let me, you know, and Paul says in Galatians, we talked about that in our Galatians series, having begun in the spirit, are you now going to be made perfect in the flesh? Like, are you going to do this? Is this something that you're in control of? Or is it something that God's in control of? Cause he's the one who started it. Why would you want anyone else to finish it? That doesn't make any sense. And, and uh, I love Paul's perspective as he kicks us off, you know, being thankful for, th- you know, he's in, if you picture the scene, right, he's in prison and he's thinking back to the Philippians who he's visited, um, who he spent time with, who he spent time in jail in that place. And it's interesting, he's thinking back and he's, and he's remembering the people, you know, he's remembering, he's probably got memories of cool times with the fellowship, you know, times where they were in the word together and they were singing songs together, breaking bread together. They were laughing together. You know, he's, he's remembering those, those things. And he's, he's ultimately joyful about that. So it must've been, you know, they must've loved, really loved these people, you know, had a heart for them and, um, thankful for their fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And that's just an awesome thing to be able to be, if someone thinks about you and says, you know, I just really appreciate with you, I appreciate the fellowship we've had in the gospel. I've, I've, you know, it's not just I appreciate the stupid, funny movies we watch together. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's more, it's deep. It, it's a thread that runs deeper than just having a good time, right? It's a thread that, you know, he looks back while he's no doubt alone and depressed, and you know, maybe not depressed, but how can you not be if you're sitting in jail? He's probably struggling with those feelings, right? But also in his mindset. You know, praying and thinking about that, thinking about them, wishing he was with them, um, and also being encouraged in the fact that he knows that the gospel has been, is there, and that they're saved. And 
he has the fellowship with them. And, man, it just kind of challenges us in our relationships, in our earthly relationships, um, just right off the bat because, you know, we spend a lot of times knowing people and having relationships, acquaintances and things, and it's those few people that we actually have an opportunity to go another level with, you know, and um, to really kind of speak truth from our hearts and to be able to be around the word with each other and um, Jeff and I actually have an awesome opportunity to um, to do that with each other and I think when we think about our relationship um, you know our friendship we look back and we go there's so many times where we've been in the word together and we've talked about heart issues together and have allowed um, the Lord has allowed that relationship to produce much fruit in our lives and I think it's not just because we do a radio show together yeah. or we put our hands in the plow together that's part of it um, and we work together, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but we we're around the word together. Yeah. You know, we're talking about things of the Lord, and we're sifting through what God has. And you know, it's all a part of our growth in Him. It's all that fellowship is so critical. And, and the church, you know, gets together on Sunday. They shake each other's hands. They pretend like everything's okay, and they go home their other ways. And they try to just have a good time outside of church. You know, we need to focus more on the right fellowship with each other as believers. All right, that was For the Moments I Feel Faint by Reliant K. Before that, you heard Forward Motion by Reliant K. And that song, Forward Motion, it just hits on the head what a lot of Christians fall into. You know, we, we get into this struggle. We're like, oh, man, my walk is a struggle. And I just feel like I'm not growing. You know, that, And that's when we begin to shift our focus from, is it the grace of God that does what we need to accomplish, or is it us? Are we saying, God, give me the strength so that I can do this. You know, we, we we ask for the right things, but a lot of times we the focus is on us accomplishing the task or, or whatever. And I like how Brent was talking about the fellowship of the gospel. <clears throat> you know, that's so important. God uses those things and the people in our lives to bring forth, you know, the good purposes that he's planned for us. You know, he puts those things in. It's important for us to have that fellowship that is centered on the gospel, the good news, because... That's the only thing that has value. And he moves on in verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who begun, who he who he has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that's the key verse tonight. That's what we're talking about. He who has begun a good work. It's already a good work because he's begun it. He's going to be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's an ongoing thing that he's working in us, and he's going to complete it in that final day. You know, it's just... It's something that we easily forget and our mind shifts off of, you know, the on, we, we, we step too closely and we have tunnel vision with our lives. You know, we don't step back and say, okay, well, how is this working to the good work? You know, the completion of the good work that Jesus is working in us. It doesn't, doesn't mean that we, we see the whole end of beginning. You know, we, we know exactly what's happening, but a lot of times we get focused on the circumstances and the things that are going on in our life that we don't step back and say, okay, how is God using this to work out a good thing in my life? And, you know, we, we, we cling to Romans eight twenty eight, and, you know, all things work together for good and all those things, but we need to realize that God is the one who is working and surrender to that truth. Because if we don't, that's when we start to strive and, and struggle with things. Jeff, I, lo- you know, I love what you were saying about circumstances, you know, and I think one of the things that, you know, the million dollar question I think as a believer you always want you always ask the question Lord I just want to grow I want to be more like you you know we sit in church and we I want to be just like Jesus I want to be more like you I, you know 
we, we pray those things and then we go and we live our lives and you know we have our favorite TV shows we DVR um, we go to work we kind of do those those tasks of the things that we're called to do in our lives and um, we go through the motion so many times right and and it's about growth you know it's about what is God doing to expand the territory he has in your life and um, I love this verse because Paul is thinking back to the Philippians now he's got a heart to want to see them grow in the Lord right and he's I love it verse 6 is being confident of this very thing you know on your behalf I am confident in God's ability <laughs> to complete what he started in you and he knows that something started there and uh, but he but he's being, he's there's faith involved here there's a there's a confidence that he has that God is faithful in their life without him needing to be around to hold their hand <laughs> he's faithful in the spirit of the Lord to grow and to um, to broaden the territory in Philippi and, and you know you know we pray all the time Lord would you grow your territory in me and um, a lot of times we do that we say that we desire that um, but we don't often take that take God at his word in that you know we kind of but you know I'm not going to live my life in faith I don't necessarily believe that you're going to do that if I, you know, and God will say, okay, that's cool, then go, you know, I want you to do this. I want you to read your Bible and get up earlier than you normally do to spend time with me. I don't know about that. I don't think I could do it, Lord. I can't get up that early. Well, are you going to put your faith and trust in in your ability to do that? Or is God's ability to wake you up before your alarm clock? Happens to me. (laughs) It's happened to me before. Um, and that's what it's all about. It's taking God at his word and trusting that he is able to complete what he started. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, it's time for our unbelievable segment. And tonight, in keeping with our topic of working and someone doing the work so that there's growth, <laughs> Brent said he wanted he had a diatribe. I don't know if that's the right word, but about gardening and yard work. Yeah, you know, I just gardening is just one of those things that I try to avoid at all costs. And <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> so I'm the kind of guy. If you know me, you know that like as soon as my hands get dirty, I got to go wash my hands. I'm not a you know get down and dirty kind of a guy. You know, I'm not doesn't make me any happier. I would prefer to just sit in my office and you know listen to music and yeah. you know stay clean <laughs> then go outside and, and try to dig a hole and put some seeds in it and hope something comes out um <laughs> and so i'm like the worst gardener ever because i just don't ha- i don't care um but you know my wife is very interested in gardening and so we don't agree on this and and so we battle a lot about we don't really battle it's more joking battling yeah. but bantering about gardening and of course now i moved into mr gardener eight doors down and he was right. my friend and he likes to come down and try to get me to do things but seriously i look at i look at the wasted amount of time that i would spend if i were to plow my backyard which has never been intended to grow anything in my backyard is for playing football <laughs> my kids to play football yeah. anyway um while you watch while them. i watch because i don't want to get dirty and uh plowing a ditch and then trying to get the dirt right and get the water right and plant seeds and try to grow some crops so that i could produce some fruit that I could just go buy at the grocery store across the street. <laughs> I just don't see how the time equals the cost savings there. Yeah. And uh, 
frankly, I value my time more than that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that everybody probably tries to do it because they're like, oh, it's great. Like, you, it's fresh. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty fresh at the grocery store. It's cheaper. I don't have to do anything. That's why we're all so fat in America. Yeah, that's but true. I'm totally being American. I'm glad about to this. see that your gender roles in your marriage are appropriate. <laughs> it's like me, I don't, yeah. And my wife likes gardening. That's like such a stereotype, but it's great. It's hilarious. Dividing <laughs> gender roles here on the altar. Line. So if you ever drive by my house and see me in the backyard actually like doing work on my in my gr- in dirt or yeah. actually do, you know that I am just being tortured at that moment in time. <laughs> that's what, like I'm, I'm like I live everywhere I've lived. With these, oh, I guess not, that's not true. But since I got married and we, we've lived in like a condo association, that's perfect. You're like I don't, and then I'll, I can't wait to get out and like have my own house. But then I'm like, the downside of that is, oh wait, then I'm responsible for all the upkeep. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think about that detail. <laughs> I'm like, I'm already sweating. You watch it. it. Your wife's gonna be wanting a garden. <laughs> I know it. I well, she already it like tries to. Yeah, she's like, oh, I got this like potted plant, like or like what do they call window boxes and all this stuff. I'm like, no. <laughs> gardening inside <laughs> that was control by mute math and before that you're typical and those two songs tie together for what we're talking about tonight um growing getting to the next level but surrendering control to god you know i i can fall victim very often to finding ways to try to make myself grow in the lord you know like you have you're like i'm gonna set up like a chart and a checklist if I do this, this, and this, then my walk with the Lord will grow, and I will grow into a better Christian. And the work of sanctification that should be taking place in my life will happen because I will be weeding these things out. You know, gardening. You weed these things out of my life. I'm going to cut this out of my life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and this. And then you're like, why am I not growing? You know, I don't understand. I'm praying and I'm reading my Bible diligently every day, and I'm doing all this stuff. And we're not growing because we're not allowed growing in the grace. Which is what we, you know, we see it all over the time. It's grace and peace and grace to you. Make sure you grow in grace in the knowledge of the Lord. It's you, A lot of people just try to grow in their knowledge of the Lord. They don't grow in the grace of the Lord. Because we have nothing if it's not from Him. And instead of seeking, you know, the talents or seeking the skill set to make things happen, we should be seeking God and asking for more of His grace. God, it all is from you. So I just want you. And, you know, anything that you choose to use in my life and to make it happen and grow me through different things, let it happen. Let your grace be what I'm pursuing. And everything comes by that grace. You're listening to The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. All right, that was It's Not Over by Story Side B. And, if, you know, just to kind of think about this another way, Jesus Christ started the work in you. And Paul says here that he will complete that work. And uh, I was reading a Spurgeon devotional the other, you know, I guess it was yesterday, a couple days ago. And uh, Spurgeon said, you know, it's not, it's anti the character, it would be anti the character of God if he just gave up on something he started. And I started thinking about that for a while. If he gave up on what the work he started in your life, then he would all be admitting that he made a mistake with starting that work in you, you know. And I think about my own character, man, I give up on stuff all the time. Like, I'm in the middle of 12 books. I just haven't finished them because I, and that's so our human nature, right? We start, we get all excited, we start something, and then it kind of like, it starts becoming that, oh, this is, I'm going to have to get through this. And we start giving up and we start putting it aside. And that's not Christ at all. Like, he would almost be admitting that he made a mistake 
and starting by giving up because he's got he only started the work in you because he knows the end he knows exactly where he wants to take you he knows the work that he's doing in you and he already sees the end from the beginning right and so you know i love this because he's encouraging them in the fact that jesus christ will complete that because that's his nature like he can't not complete the work he started in you and um so thanks, Spurgeon, for that insight. But I guess, it, and the Holy Spirit just lighting up that passage. And, and that, you know, that should encourage us tonight because there's so many times, like Jeff said before, where we don't feel like we're growing and we don't feel like there's anything going on or kind of feel like we're stuck in this, you know, limbo land. Man, I haven't had a aha moment in the Word in a long time. I haven't seen growth. I just feel like I'm stuck in the same stuff over and over again. And um, the encouragement is, is that God's working that out in you. And maybe it's not going as fast as you want it to because intentionally, because he wants you to stay here in a while. So when you he does break through that thing that you're struggling with, it means that much more. There's that much more growth. You know, you know, I hate to put, use a gardening analogy because I don't like it. But, uh, you know, you plant the seed and it takes a while for that thing to cut through the ground. It doesn't happen like the next day, you know. Um, it's got to grow. And, and it's growing in ways that we don't see it growing because it's under the ground, right? But... At some point, you see it pop through. You see the, and it grows, and at the end, there's fruit, you know? It's not like it produces fruit on day one, you know? It takes a, there's a process there. And um, he's faithful to make that process come to fruition. (laughs) No pun intended. So we were talking about this idea of God's grace being the thing that makes the work happen in our life. It's not from man's toil. It's not from the sweat of our brow. And, And we get into trouble with that because whether we're legalistic or liberalistic or whatever it is, we have our agenda in how we're going to make God work for us. You know what I mean? And we, we get in this and, and Brent, you know, was saying, it's just so the Lord that, that, that devotional would be something that Brent happened upon right when we were getting ready to do this show, you know, it's just always the way it works out with the ultimate life, especially like if we're like, Oh man, this is like, this seems daunting to start this series and we, we just don't feel prepared. And then God's like, here you go. Bam. Nugget of truth. (laughs) (laughs) I love my nuggets. (laughs) And, uh, you know, honey mustard. When we get our hands in the mix and we're like, God, this is what you can do to get me to where you need me to be and where I want to be. God is not going to, he doesn't have a fail safe plan. You know, like, oh, well, if this doesn't work out, then I'll go here. Or I'll, I'll make this happen instead, you know? Contingency plan. You know, we may get in the way of God's completed work, but it's still going to get completed whether we like it or not. He's just going to, it may be a little bit more difficult on our end. Um, but I was just thinking about the verse in, in Hebrews 12, too, where it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It doesn't just say the author of our faith, the finisher. And how, you know, just two words that I was just looking at my concordance, like, oh, let's see if I can find a verse about completion. It's like, there are too many to look to look up. You know what I mean? Like, what a great thing for you to do on your own homework uh, to to look at all the times when God is, and is talking about finishing and completion and, and just how he wants that work to be done. You know, well done, my good and faithful servant. It is done. It's finished. You know, like, it's an important thing. If something has a, a beginning, it's going to have an end. And God wants that to bring about that end. You know, I, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you to bring you to an expected end. You know, God has all this worked out for us. Let's not get in the way of that. Let's allow him to do the work. And let's seek him so that he can do the work in us. Moving on 
you know, I don't know how you can move on because it's already been completed, the work that God Jesus did on the cross. It's completed. And from that perspective, we get to live our lives working that out, you know, on this earth. And as he completes that work in us, just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, going back to talk to the Philippians again, you know, in my chains and defense and confirmation of the gospel, which all are partakers of with me of grace. Again, the word grace, everything that God has given us. Verse nine, and this I pray that your love, this is the end result and what his prayer is for the fruition, the fruit, right, to come. That your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, man. Love abounding with knowledge, not just dumb love, not just <laughs> stupid love, right? Love that comes with it, knowledge and discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. Again, nothing that they have can attain, right? Righteousness by Jesus Christ. For why? To glory, for the glory and praise of God. See, that's the that's why we're here. We're not here to become perfect, you know. Because that we would, we're gonna fail that. You know, it's not about being perfect Christians, yeah. right? It's about being by God, through God, through Jesus Christ, being giving God glory and praise. It's our existence is about giving God glory and praise. You know, and through Jesus Christ and the work He did on the cross, He adds to our lives love that abounds more and more. He clothes us with righteousness. He gives us sincerity and excellence. Those things are the the tools and the, and the things that when we talk about grace, those heavenly blessings, those are some of those things that he gives us and works out in us so that we become more and look like Jesus. Yeah, I just think that, you know, as Brent said, he was talking about, you know, to the praise of his glory. That's something that we talked about in Ephesians, you know, that we are, everything was for the praise of his glory. And that is the ultimate result. If God's not being glorified, then the work's not going to get done because that is the purpose of it. And it's not... Uh, something that we can make happen. God's the one who does the work. You're listening to The Altered Life with Brent and Jeff. Brilliant! All right, that was There's a Day by Small Town Poets, the day of Jesus Christ, where everything will be made complete and perfect. And uh, Brent, uh, you know, the Spurgeon devotional that Brent had read was based on Psalm 138. And uh, just the key verse there is in verse 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. And that, that ties in with what we're talking about. And that's... That's a promise. We can rely on that, that if God started it, he's going to finish it. And for me, I want to surrender to that. I don't want to say, okay, God, you know, what's my delegated task to complete the work? You know, like, it's like, oh, here's your to-do list to make it work. No, it's all him. And I just need to say, God, by your grace, work it out in my life. And I just want to be completely surrendered to that grace. And uh, Brent, Psalm 138 it's just a great, it's an Old Testament picture of something that is a truth that is then brought forth into the New Testament as well. Yeah, a couple other cool parts of Psalm 138 was, you know, it says, the glory of God is amazing, he says, and when he, and he says, but even though he's on high, he regards the lowly, you know, even though he's God Almighty, he stoops down and he spends time with us and he would work out, you know, you think I'm not, something significant, like what, in the scope of the glory of the Lord, I'm a... I'm little, and he regards the lowly. You know, and the psalmist's prayer is, don't forsake the work of your hand. Don't forsake the thing that you started, because that's your work. And so how so how can you put yourself down like that? You are the work of the yeah. Lord, you know, and if you 
regard yourself as being not you, you know we're all not worthy really but when you start putting down the work of the lord in your life and saying well you know it's not that big of a deal i'm just the low guy on the totem pole you're the work of the lord like there's a weight to that that's eternal and if you put that if you don't take that seriously and you put that aside and you kind of disregard that as being important you're basically saying the work of god is is not significant and um man praise the lord that he's he spends that much time on me the lowly that um you know it's just amazing that he would be that on high and regard the lowly like that you're listening to their awesome life with Brent and Jeff. Alright, that was not finished by Voda. God is still working in our lives. We haven't we haven't arrived. And just to to kind of put a bow on this topic, we'll go back to Ephesians again, chapter two, verse ten. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All we have to do is walk with the Lord, and that work is gonna get done because that's who we are. He created us. We are his poem. You know, it's a beautiful thing to rely on God to complete that artistry, that whatever, that sculpture that he's working in us. Let him finish the work. Don't fight back. So until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. Live for Christ.